0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, has their fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weather Peak. But did you know they sell other automotive products as well? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, just go to TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. What up to Gottlieb? show, Fox Sports Radio. I think um I think I figured out sometimes you you figure out a take or you figure out something the longer you live, the longer you're in a business. Um I think I figured something out. Uh, we're joining you live from the Tire Rack.com studios. Um uh, so you know, uh how many years ago was it that How many years ago was it that uh, Andrew Luck uh, retired? Um, I'll bring that to you in a second. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, It was the 2019 season. So one, two, three years ago Andrew Luck was getting ready to play and right before the we, we learned in the third quarter of the last preseason game that he was going to retire play started booing post game press conference he did in fact retire walked away Jacoby Brissett was the guy then it was Phillip Rivers right um and then last year obviously they went and got what they thought was younger and better and fresher and sharper And they traded with the Philadelphia Eagles and they thought Carson Wentz was the guy. And then Carson Wentz played poorly at the end of the season. And they were done with Carson Wentz. And now it's Matt Ryan and there's 0 and one. But what happened was um, on Twitter, I tweeted out uh, something along the lines of uh, not retiring because rehab was too hard is the most millennial thing ever. And of course, you know, Millennials who, by, by the way, now it's, what is it called? Quiet quitting? You, guys, you heard of this, Jason? Quiet quitting? Yes. This is, this, is like a, this is like a thing.
4: It's so funny you say that. I was just speaking with somebody at, in the office right before the show, and that term was used. So, yeah. Okay.
1: Quiet re- quitting means remaining in one's workplace while not actively going above and beyond. The concept of quiet quitting is resonating because it's been time for people to have reflection and reassess their priorities. And consider the fragile nature of humanity. In other words, like, I could, re- I could work hard. I could try and achieve greatness. But is it really worth it because my life and my well-being and my mental space is more important than going after the brass ring? Right? That's called quiet quitting. And it, it likely leads to people quietly being fired. Or uh, having others leapfrog them in terms of importance in their company, but quiet quitting is a thing. You know, we, we've had, we've struggled with having people go to work post pandemic. Right, First they were, you're were getting government assistance. And then, you know, you had time to sit at home and reflect and you're like, you know, what's, what's the point? What's the purpose of all this? Well, football mentality has always been different. And that was really more the point of my tweet three years ago is that the football mentality is you play till you can't play. And then you still play a little bit more until they drag you off the field. Peyton Manning retired, but he couldn't play football anymore. He could with his head. Even to this day, if you told, he would tell you exactly he could get, he could do everything except for throw football. His arm body just kind of quit on him. It's one of the things that Tom Brady's struggling with is, His mentality has been, as long as I can play and be competitive, I want to do it. That's as long as I can just stand back there and pick a part of defense, I want to do it. This thing is awesome. Why would I get, why would I get off this? And only his wife and family and other interests are trying to, trying to change that football mentality. Famously, Ronnie Lott. I remember Ronnie Lott when he cut off the tip of his finger. He shattered the tip of his finger and they said like, you know, you're going to miss this game in the playoffs. He's like, yeah, just cut it off. That's football mentality. So when I when I read these articles that Dak wants to be back sooner, that it's not just Jerry Jones saying he could be back in four weeks; it's Dak Prescott saying I, I, I can make it. T.J. Watt t- partial tear of his pectoral muscle. Right, that's T.J. Watt partial tear of his pectoral muscle, and T.J. Watt, you know, talked the Steelers that finally found a doctor is like. Yeah, whatever. We'll, maybe we'll clear you earlier. So they're not ruling him out for the year. My guess with T.J. Watt is, and it's the same guess for Dak Prescott, is, you know, what's to lose? Like, T.J. Watt, right now, you're supposed to miss the season with a torn pectoral muscle. So say you rehab, non-surgical, you can come back in four to six weeks and see if it holds together. And if it doesn't, if it re guess what? You're going to miss the season anyway. You have the surgery, you'll be fine for next year. There's really no harm done. Dak Prescott, I don't know, but the thumb, the problem with the thumb is, and I think Dan Byer pointed this out yesterday, uh, um, Russell Wilson came back from having a, a broken finger and was awful last year. And the common thought is that he came back too soon, right? So I, I, part of this is just football mentality. Football players play football regardless of whether they can walk or talk or breathe or whatever. They just, they, those guys just want to play. It does earn them some credit in the locker room, and both are really highly paid players. Dak with the Cowboys, T.J. Watt uh, rightfully with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I don't even think it's about pay or even about respect. It's just about that's your wiring. I'm going to come back and play as quickly as possible. And in, in everyone's field, there's some sort of wiring it takes that outside of that field you might not get. You know, you might not get. I would say that in our field, the use of social media is way greater than in other fields. One, because it's like sitting around in a press box and you can read all the people who'd be sitting around that press box. You you can read all their thoughts. They'll just share it with you for free. Um, And then you can also, you can get kind of your message out and you can, you can ingest and also get your stuff out to as many people as possible. I think, that, that the use of social media is a very, very much a media-driven, media-friendly sort of uh, element to what we do. You know, there's a... in People vacation at odd times that cover sports. You know, there's an expectation. It's like one of those things. Um, if you're going to be married or date somebody who's into sports... They're either going to be going to and covering or watching, always watching on holidays, all the big events. What do you do on Christmas? Well, you know, we watch basketball all day. Why do you do that? Well, it's his job. That's what he does. That's her job. That's what she does. You know, it's one of the reasons that, you know, I, I get the Tom Brady, his wife, looking for him to have balance. You don't have balance in sports, but you don't really have balance in any true profession, you know, if you own a restaurant, that's your focus. You're going to, you know, you're either going to open or close every night. A lot of times guys close because they want they count to the, count, the, count the dollars of their restaurant. Uh, I think there's certain things that are media things. There's certain things that are restaurant things. or certain things, if you're in the financial sector, you watch and ingest news, you don't watch local news. You know, you probably watch CNBC. Squawk. You know? And in football, the mentality is, how quickly can I get back out in the field? TJ Watt and Dak Prescott, I don't know if they're heroic. They're just football players, and football players want to play football. What is it? What's the quickest I can be back on the field without killing myself? That's when I'll be back on the field. So this year's going to be interesting, where... When he talks about commitment, you do need to be completely mentally and physically committed to the team in order to make it work. And it's not just him. It's all the other guys. It's the other 52. You know, they all have to have that same level of commitment. The only teams that win are teams that have one goal. When you have multiple goals, hey I got to get this many catches. Hey I got to get this many touches. Hey I got to get this, this level of award. When when a, there's a goal outside of winning or when there's something pulling you in a different direction, that's when it it gets it gets really hard. I do think this is a very humanizing thing for Brady where he's looking at it and going, "Man, I haven't my 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 late father uh, God rest his soul, like his, my brother's birthday is March 3rd. So March used to be not only it was always college basketball season. My dad was a college basketball coach. And it was also, you know, when your season was done back then, you get in the road, uh, get in the road and start recruiting. So he didn't make my brother's birthday until uh, probably 86 or 87. Right. My my brother was born in 1972. You do the math. (laughs) He's literally gone almost every year. And and if he was there, he wasn't there. This is even before the days of the cell phone. It's just hard. And at some point, you do look around and you go like, you know, I got more money than anybody. And he's got more money that's coming in. I I hate to tell Tom Brady this. you know, I'm not sure he saw the details to the Fox deal. Sure, I'm sure he's flying a PJ private jet in order to get to his games on Friday for a game on Sunday. But it's not like you can go like... Hey, you know, I can't make it this Sunday. For, you know, pick a game. It's gonna be Fox. It'll be an NFC game. I can't make it for the Cowboys Rams. I got this wedding. I haven't made a wedding, and like that, that just doesn't happen. It's not like it's not the way it works. I, I could be wrong. Maybe it works differently for Brady, and maybe that's a, he's got once a year he can just take a weekend off. It's by the way why Eli and Peyton Manning aren't doing it every week. We want to have lives. We want to have lives. But Brady's wife's saying she wants to be more present. Brady's saying, hey, here's all these things I've sacrificed in the past, but and man, I'm taking a beating. This sounds like a dude who's only here to try and win a championship. not And, and I'm sure he loves leading guys. I'm, he probably loves leading that locker room. But when you start to question, what am I doing here? You lose a couple of games. And it gets louder. It gets worse. It gets interesting. You know, your pull shouldn't be, hey, the NFC's down. We're pretty good. Let's try and win this thing one more time. It should be, I love it. And if we happen to win it while I'm doing it, all the better. But that's not what he said.
3: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: 50 in pick six credits. That's code Doug, only on DraftKings. Pick six, the crown is yours.
2: On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast,
1: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, your spot, man. Get those new rims, new tires. Uh, Middle of the day, middle of the week, middle of the show. Let's get to the midway. So... I had one thought on this segment, and then Jason Stewart, in his effort to be producer extraordinaire, kind of took it a little different t- turn. So, where are we on midway? What's the topic we're going with? I
4: think we're we're uh, on a we're on a similar page, or more similar than you think. Um. So you had you had brought up the fact that. Uh, you have an angle on the Aaron judge thing and it has to do with steroids, the uh, the statistics gained during the steroids era, MLB's refusal to remove those from the record books and that that's a part of this. But my thing was if you take it maybe a step further is how has that impacted our interest in this current home run chase by judge because it seems like a sidebar story nationally anyways. Um and I just wanted to get into that and have a conversation about that about what it was. Dan Byer had a, a very interesting exchange with George Reister, I want to say a couple weeks ago about this. I know he's got thoughts, so um I just thought it was it all made for a pretty uh good impactful segment. So does that make sense? Yeah. So go with what you had originally come <laughs> up with, and we'll b- bounce off of it. Mine was who's the, who's the home run
1: king. Who's the real homer like our and which plays into what you're saying. Look, somebody's going to have to explain this to me. OK, does anybody actually believe because Barry Bonds has not said I didn't use steroids because he did use steroids. Barry Bonds defense was I never knowingly used steroids, which is not. It's very hard to prove that he knowingly used steroids unless you use actual common sense. Um, and I've also, you know, it's, it's like the, don't give me, I, I don't care about what he did previous using steroids to, to break the home run record to single season and career. He used steroids. So, and everyone on that list who's above Roger Marist is a steroid guy. Everyone, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, all steroid guys. So where else in sports and in life? Do we know somebody broke the rules? And to anyone who says steroids were not against the rules, that's not true. They didn't test for them, but that doesn't mean that they're not against the rules. They were illegal. They just didn't test for them. So they were in fact illegal. There is no where else in life where you can break the rules, get caught breaking the rules, even afterwards and your records still stand. I don't believe, um, you know, Red, Reggie Bush. I don't, necessarily, I don't think he should have given back the Heisman Trophy. But when it was proven that he was breaking the rules while playing at USC, he gave back his Heisman Trophy because he would have been ineligible. We, we do this with championships where we vacate them in, in NCAA sports. Ben Johnson set the world record, won the 100-meter 100, 100 dash. He doesn't have the gold medal. He doesn't have the world record. Do you know why? He tested positive for steroids. So, with that in mind, why is it that we consider Barry Bonds' record a record when he was doing it using steroids,
4: guys? Yeah, guys. And and I guess my point to that would be, and that's where baseball has kind of um, shot itself in the foot on this because, you know, we all remember the interest and the like worldwide sensation that was McGuire against Sosa. Now it was all a farce because they were roided up to the to the gills, but it it was a thing it was a massive thing a national story a worldwide massive. story massive and Aaron Judge's you know race for 61 or whatever this is is kind of the a sidebar story if if baseball made a stand and they took away those records and Roger Maris is still the record standing i think there would st- there would be a, a exponentially larger uh, interest in this Aaron Judge thing. So it all just kind of, they shot themselves in the foot by not doing what you stated, which is remove those numbers from the record books.
6: The other problem with it is they didn't beat Maris by one home run or two home runs. they be, you know, when McGuire at 70 beat it by nine, Bonds then beat it by 12. And, and it's almost in a way just unreachable, which is in a way why like I feel I don't even have a home run king and it's not meant to disrespect Roger Maris and it's not meant to disrespect Hank Aaron. I just don't think when you approach those numbers that we are going to just like this Aaron Judge case think it's a it's a real thing. And until you pass Bonds for 73 or what is it 763, which is another part where we knew 755 forever. And there are days when I can remember how many career home runs Barry Bonds hit, and there are days that I forget. And I think that tells you all you need to know on how we need to look at them as actual home run kings. So not to sit on the fence about it, Doug, but it's kind of like when you tell a great joke and then somebody adds on to it. And you're like, great, that wasn't as funny. Now the joke's kind of ruined. I kind of feel that's what Bonds and, and, and McGuire and Sosa did to the home run records. It's like, all right, they're there, but they're just not what they once were because of the damage they did to them.
1: All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to table this for a second. Stuck Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, back in the, the the 90s, Glendora High School was known for basketball, right? They had Tracy Murray, who was the state's all-time leading, scoring leader, right? Then they had Adam Jacobson. Uh, then later, and they had Casey Jacobson as well, like Cameron Murray. And they had a quarterback in football named Jonathan Smith. He went on to star at Oregon State and... Uh, fast forward to now, and of course, he's the head coach at his alma mater. Last year, they win a bowl game, gets a contract extension. And if you missed it Saturday night, it was one of the most entertaining football games I've seen in a long time. And and he made a bold decision to win that game. He's Jonathan Smith, head coach of the Beavs, who are 2-0 on the season. He joins us on Fox Sports Radio. Coach, how are you?
5: Yeah, doing well, man. You bring back some memories there with the Murray brothers and the Jacobsons. Some good times.
1: Yeah, the the Tartans. I used to I used to have. We used to have basketball practices at that that at Glendora High School, uh, where that where the tight where you, were you Tartans called home? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, going into the Fresno game, you know Hayner's a hell of a quarterback. That's a tough place to play. What were your thoughts on your team heading into playing Fresno?
5: Yeah, we knew that was going to be a real challenge. That place was jumping. I think the thing got sold out. Hainer was out there throwing strikes. Um, so going into it, you know, we knew it was going to be some back and forth, and probably came down to one of the last, you know last possession.
1: Well, it was it was the, like the last three possession, right? Because you guys get the ball, right? And you and and you score. Uh, Chance Nolan hit Harrison uh, to put you guys up three you guys you go for right it's easy call you're up one you go for two okay so in your headset you're talking to your coaches you're up three what's your thought process
5: yeah this game ain't over man I mean they I think we left them about a minute 50 and Hayner didn't even take half that time he went straight down the field and so yeah obviously we were excited to take the lead at that moment but then it turns out there ends up three touchdowns getting scored in the last two minutes of the game
1: not, yeah, not not exactly a defensive virtuoso. If they get down to the four with like a minute ten to go. Was there? Any, hey, let's let them. Did you guys let them score on that four no. yard touchdown?
5: We what we did is played ultra aggressive though um, on that. So they got to the four, more or less called cover zero. Everybody blitz except who you're covering, and trying to force the issue. Right, like try to push them back to hold them to a field goal to tie it, or ultimately if you did give up the touchdown, at least it left you. More time and more timeouts, and that's how it played out.
1: So you you get the ball back, and what was what was your discussion with Chance Nolan? Like, would you would you tell Chance before he went back out there?
5: Well, we always talk about what we got and what we need. And so what we got is the time and timeouts. And then obviously what we needed was three points. And so the mentality was to get down there and, and set us up for at least three points, if not seven. Uh, we, there's not a lot of conversations before two-minute drives, man. You get quickly the information, look them in the eye and tell them they got this. And he definitely did.
1: All right. So you score a touchdown. Yeah, you score a touchdown. And they called timeout, right? So so Jeff Tedford calls timeout to line his guys up. Were you going for two before he called timeout?
5: Well, again, you know, we traded timeouts multiple times. And so there's a pass interference, like in the last series here, pass interference with the two seconds left in the end zone. And so we were trying to sort out, well, where was the call made because of these was- it's pass interference before the goal line, then it's half the distance type thing. If it's in the end zone, then it's on the two. And so late getting that for information. We initially sent out the field goal squad to take the field goal. They called timeout. We called a play later, changed our mind. They called timeout again. And by the third time we got out there, that's when we punched it in.
1: So what's the energy like on this? Because this, this, uh, this, this is a big thing, right, where you can, you're, you're on the two-yard line. You can kick the field goal. And tie and go to overtime, and it's just a mess down there. What's the energy like when you tell your guys, hell, let's go for it, let's win the game?
5: Yeah, those guys were juiced up. Um, and again... A lot of the confidence before doing that started with the players and the confidence we had in them. And You know, the guy we had carrying the ball, Jack Colette, was really good at short yardage and goal line situations and got a bunch of, you know, thanks after. And I just replied back to it all. It was all confidence of those guys. And the opportunity to win the game, you had an opportunity there. The only thing you could do is tie. The best you could do is tie by kicking it. And so obviously it turned out great for us, but I do feel like as a program that's the type of decision we want to make.
1: Yeah. um, Now, had you practiced that? Like, coaches are big, and obviously, as a former quarterback yourself, is it is that special situational football, knowing what they're going to have out there, or was that just you know a, a short yardage goal line play?
5: It was it was a goal-line play. I mean, it was something we had repped uh, multiple times throughout the week. Uh, I know Coletto was confident with it because we actually went out. The first time out, they called me to line up in offense. We had a different play called. Coletto came over saying he wanted a different one. He felt better about that, and we went with that. And so I know the guys felt good about it and obviously executed it.
1: Oh, wait, wait. So, so, so after the first time out, you guys decided to go for, to go for the touchdown, and then before the second time out, it was it – was, Coletto, who dis- who said you want to change the play?
5: Yeah, so we field goal squad, timeout, comes back to the sideline. We decide to go for it. We line up in a, a for one play, timeout, Fresno, come back to the sideline. Coletto looks me in the eye and says, "Hey, coach, I'd rather do this one." And yeah, fine, you like that one better. He, he we did it.
1: I'm going to let him call all the plays on the goal line, right? I
5: mean, <laughs> I know we should.
1: So so here's the big question because you weren't going to, you weren't a go for it guy initially, and then you said, to hell with it, let's, let's go for it. Are you now going to be a go for it guy, or is it situation based?
5: Well, I, you love to be say, "Oh, yeah, we're the go for a guy all the time." The situations going to matter, but it, the more time I had to think about it, like I said back to it, the best we could do was tie it. And again, that hostile place, Jake Hayner again. I mean, right. there's no guarantees in overtime, and what what was guaranteed? You get two yards you win a game, and we went for it.
1: If you didn't get the, if you didn't have the contract extension in the off season, would your thought process have changed?
5: I'll be honest, I was not even kind of thinking about that, (laughs) Um, and I hope my thought process wouldn't have changed if I didn't have it.
1: Uh, uh, Jonathan Smith joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What's this year been like for you? Because there's so much, so many questions about a school like Oregon State and the future, right? You're just trying to rebuild it. Obviously, you guys redid, finished redoing the stadium, and that thing opened up a couple of weeks ago, right? So there's a lot of bright things on the horizon, but so many questions about what the league is going to look like. What's it been like for
5: you? Yeah, what has been really nice is starting in August, really, when you get around your team and you start practicing. It's actually a beautiful distraction with so much uncertainty, unknown, out of our control. Uh, What we do know is we get a schedule this year and next year. Um, and we're just diving into that. So it's been a bunch of fun just to get back to what, why I signed up to coach and be around this game is to play and prepare and develop. Um, that's been great. And obviously it's early in the season. Uh, got a c- couple wins under our belt. We're hoping to get a, a bunch more, and, and that's been a nice thing to focus on outside of all the, the riffraff outside of it.
1: We, we mentioned how, how there's three touchdowns in the last minute at 50, but it should be pointed out that your defense, they bended, but they didn't break, right? Seven times inside the 25 for Fresno State, and they only came away with two touchdowns. What would you learn about your unit against? And people haven't seen Jake Hayner play. I mean, he's been playing forever, right? It's a second stint at Fresno, whatever. But well, he's a very, very good player. It's Jeff Tedford, obviously a, a, a world-renowned offensive player, uh, uh, strategist as their head coach, what'd you learn about your defense in their ability to get stops in the red zone?
5: Yeah, that was huge. The, the response, you know, they were able to move the ball, but getting down there tighter, holding them to three points versus seven, that that was by far the storyline until really the end of the game about our, our team, was our ability to keep them out of the end zone, and let's face it, that was the, the difference in the game. With all those red zone trips you mentioned, to only score twice, two touchdowns was huge on their end.
1: How do you get them to focus on this week, knowing the next two weeks SC at home and, you know, research just going to be in uh, obscene when, when the Trojans come down and then you go to Salt Lake and take on Utah game after that. How do you get guys to lock in on Montana state?
5: Yeah, we talked about it early on, man. Uh, First thing we always start our week with a Tuesday morning team meeting and, and just put it out on the table. You know, trap game type thing. Uh, we've talked a bunch about sticking to a process that's weekly and our approach to preparing and, and really respecting everybody we play but fearing no one. And that's the approach this week. That'll be the approach next week. I do think these guys will be locked in and excited to play and understand the challenge that we got this weekend.
1: Well, you, you beat, you know, it's two Mountain West teams, but those are two really well-respected programs. Boise, the first week, you led, you know, kickoff to finish against, against the Broncos. Then you beat Fresno on the road in a crazy game. Congrats on those two wins. I know there's a lot of football to be played, but take a bow for a second, and we appreciate you joining us.
5: Yeah, I appreciate it, Doug. Thanks.
1: All right, Jonathan Smith, head coach of Oregon State, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. By the way, um, the, Fresno State missed an extra point. All right, here's the game-winning touchdown. This is Mike Parker on Learfield Network.
2: Jack Coletto, the hammer scores. The Beavers win it for the first time ever in this stadium. The Beavers win it. Jack Coletto scores, and the Beavers win. Final score, the Beavers 35, Fresno State 32, and a miracle finish in the San Joaquin Valley. The Beavers win it, 35-32.
1: Isn't it crazy? Like, just one of those games. And I love the honesty there. He's like, well, we weren't going to go for it. We're going to kick the field goal. Then they called timeout. Then we're going to go for it. And then, and then you know, Jack Coletto comes over and is like, I don't like that play. Let's call another one. <laughs> right? like, like, we all, the way it, it, it looks on TV or the way it looks in highlights is like, they get down close. They could kick a field goal. They go for it. But then if you're watching the game, if you're on the sideline, it's completely different.
4: Completely different. The only thing that I'm, like, my question is, it's really unclear by that call who won the game. Can we play that again?
2: Jack Coletto, the hammer scores. The Beavers win it for the first time ever in this stadium. The Beavers win it. Jack Coletto scores and the Beavers win. Final score, the Beavers 35, Fresno State 32. In a miracle finish in the San Joaquin Valley, the Beavers Bank. win it 35-32.
1: I mean they're excited it's crazy like I, I and I don't again I don't know if you guys I was I was it was, was like one of those games it was on and we were watching I love watching the Jake Hayner play the kids he's like six feet tall um, you know he he went to he left came back and you know last year he beat UCLA I mean almost like single-handedly beat UCLA he was unbelievable and um, who do UCLA beat the first week of the year last year remember the UCLA beat somebody and they end up beating LSU, LSU, right? Yeah. yeah, it was LSU. And everyone's like, "Oh, they're back!" And then it turns out LSU stunks. But uh, and then they turn around and lose to Fresno because Hayner's really, really good. So it was, it was a hell of a like. There's a that's the Beavers radio network. Of course, they're going to be excited about it. All right, you want you guys want to get back to the midway? Let's get back to the midway. Can we? The midway. All right, so this is back to the the, the midway with. All right, so when we last talked, Dan Beyer... Uh, I'll I'll give you the floor in regards to your thoughts on the you said, and and it was a good point you made, although that it wasn't like Barry Bonds beat the home run record by a home run. It was by 12. So it makes it look so much better because he's so dusted off the record. My counter to that, Dan, would be, yeah, but like there's 120 years of baseball and the only guys that have passed 61 are all steroid guys. And so, to me, it's really easy to wipe them, at least mentally, off the board. All right. That's your point. End of segment.
6: No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I, I I, just, I I don't know. I, I, John, did you want to give your point? I, uh, well, my
5: point was kind of like your point, which was, I think the majority of people feel like he needs to pass Barry Bonds. Like Barry Bonds already passed, and McGuire already passed Mickey Matt, i uh, Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris. So they don't really look at this like like okay, if he passes Roger Maris, he needs to pass those two guys. So I think that's why people aren't really as into it as now. If he was going to pass Barry Bonds, or I think it might be much more. People would be much more oh, like it'd be, gi- oh, okay. it'd be it'd be gigantic. Yeah. but that's the that's the problem. Is yeah,
1: he, it's it, like it's like saying. And, and if you want to say that, that steroids is not the answers to the test, go for it. But if you say it's the questions, if you had the questions to the test and you got a 1,600 ACT, SAT, then we're not going to say, like, hey, the high score and this is a 1,600 because it's an invalid test. I think these are invalid results. That's really my point. If uh, this stuff sometimes naturally happens.
6: The midway. It grabs the, the nation's sporting interest. And that's, like, if if it was, if it was 61 was still the mark, to Jason's point, and and to my, you know, thoughts on the matter of it isn't grabbing the nation's attention, and the reason why it's not is because Bonds and them ruined it, you just can't make it up and be like, no, this is it, so you better be excited over this. And that's why I actually think that no one holds it because the guy that we think holds it really doesn't and the guy that does we don't think should. And so it's just it's it's really ruined it for for a lot not only in not only in single season but even in the career home run mark. I mean, you know the point of the 755 was again the number that we all knew and we all knew 61 and I think sometimes on certain days we forget what the actual home run numbers were.
4: Has there been, and, and, and if there has been, please uh, forgive me, has there been anybody, has anyone run to McGuire or Bonds or Sosa and gotten comments on this and had a conversation? That would be an interesting article for me. That, that's how much baseball has shot themselves in the foot, is that the guys that have broken the records can't even comment on a guy that's about to hit 60 home runs. It, it's a disgrace. Well,
1: what do you think they would say? Like, like Maguire. I thought when Maguire had his come to Jesus and he cried and and admitted he used used steroids, like real steroids, wasn't the andro Dione that he tried to take people off the, off the trail with. I thought that was his tears were because he has no idea. He doesn't know, you know, he doesn't know anything. He has no idea how good he really was. How many home runs he could really hit. He had no, no clue. Zero. So. Um, I look at it and I think to myself, I I wh- like. Wh- what do you think Barry Bonds is going to give back the record? Well, Barry Bonds, yeah, I mean, it's... never, right?
6: Okay, so but here's the thing, honestly, like it's like in a way, like as we're talking, it's it's not even his, like like I mean like kind of in a way, it's ours, and that's what makes it. Like I mean, it is you know Roger Maris's and stuff like that. But for the sake of the argument, it's it's the baseball fan, it's the person who would get interested. Like that's that's the sort of thing. Like it's almost not even Barry Bonds's to give back.
1: Mm, if you ask Barry Bonds, would be Barry Bonds's. And I think most people in the public, is I this understand. Just shoot what, down Dan on argument. No, day? no. I understand. No, under, let me check the I calendar. Actually, September fourteenth. No, dude, you don't have get offensive. <laughs> like, I, I, I agree. I agree with you that it really is. It's become a nothing record because it's so muddled and so controversial. And like, fine, nobody has it, right? It's like the, it's like the Heisman Trophy with Reg, Reggie Bush, right? Should you give it to Vince Young? Well, it's really Reggie Bush's. It didn't affect, right? So it's like nobody has it, like not, not claimed Heisman Trophy year. But um, I, I guess most people in public, most, and I'm not saying sports people and I'm not saying people that matter, but most people, they think it's Bonds and Bonds will say it's Bonds and baseball guy like, yeah, I guess it's Bonds. So you're not wrong. Matter of fact, you're probably the most right of any of us. But I, we, I can't change public perception to being that, right? That's what that's what kind of my point is. I don't understand why more people don't perceive it as sixty-one being the real mark. I, yeah, I will
6: say this: if Judge got to seventy and there were there were two and a half or like two weeks left, I think all of America would be on his side. No, to, to break like if he got to that mark, that's just one of the problems that I have with bonds. Is it's so far out there. Like it's seventy three. I mean, it's just a it's a
5: it's a lot of do home you, runs. Do you think if Judge got hot? There's still twenty games left. Do you think he could get to seventy three? It's like sixteen home runs.
6: Yeah, well, it, it's yeah, almost it, one a game. It possible?
1: Sure, it's possible. Is it likely? No, right. I mean, uh, Trout didn't hit one last night, right? He hit one in seven no, straight games. Yeah,
5: he didn't, didn't did not hit. I one.
1: mean, that that kind of run is yeah. yeah. I don't. I mean, it's if if he got close, that would be the only that would no be question. The, no question. But I, I actually think it helps the argument for just how beneficial steroid use is that like, look, come on, dude. It's like the number's so obscene. Nobody's going to come close to it. I mean, here's Aaron Judge, who he plays in a park. That's a joke. Right. And he's so big and strong. It's a joke. And yet all he can muscle up is he'll probably get to like 63. Which. Should be the all-time home run mark, but it's not. And, and here, here, I don't know where it's short
6: on time, but he's so far ahead of everyone else. Well, that was the other thing with like the Bonds and, and Sosa thing, was like they were chasing each other. Yeah. This makes it a little bit more legit because
1: no one is getting close to what he's doing this year. Great the point.
2: Midway.
1: Great point. That's the Midway. Coming up next, to Doug Gottlieb Show, live from the Tyrac.com studios. Wait till you hear know what Shannon Sharp said about Brett Favre. Makes you think, makes you react. We'll do so next.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
2: Hi, checking in for...
0: Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools.
1: Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we play for your portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1. We call it... What the say? I thought this to be one of the more interesting takes and discussed takes on, uh, on television earlier today. This is Shannon Sharp talking about Brett Favre on Undisputed.
2: Right now, we're not being in the Hall of Fame. Yet, they walk right past it like Brett Favre did nothing. That is true. I the, give you that. The problem that I have with this situation, yep. you got to be a sorry mofo mm. to steal from the lowest Mississippi, is the poorest state in our country. It is. Its citizens. So if that the a poorest state, Brett Favre is taken from the underserved. You made a hundred plus million dollars in the NFL. This is what we know. Scale when black and brown people do defraud do the government, they do it. They hell bit. Mm-hmm. You get an EBT card and you get wicked, you get stuff like that, boy, they move heaven and earth to try to put you in jail for 400 little measly dollars. Fact. Now this man done took a million dollars. Yeah. And they sitting around like, well, well you know, it, it happened and we'll see. And they're going to get more money and do it all over again. The biggest criminals, the people that steal the most, look like that. But he's been a sleazeball. He's been shady for a very, very long time.
1: Uh, there's a lot to, to, there's a lot, there's a lot there. Um, I, I almost feel like I don't have enough time, but I'll, I'll dive in here. First, the idea that black and brown people, if they defraud the government for four or $500, the like Brett Favre is going to be charged with a crime. And we'll find out, you know, he's, he and his lawyers say he had no idea it came from welfare. It was in connection with the government. And it was a it was a way to, to pay for a new volleyball facility. Of course, his daughter was playing volleyball at Southern Miss. If you actually read all the documents, th- there isn't a smoking gun that says that Brett Favre knew it was coming directly from welfare. That said, if he did know where they were getting the money, he should go to jail and he should receive all the criticism he deserves on the other hand we make this assu- assumption that people overlooked it because he's a white guy and he's Brett Favre like we overlook lots of things like Ray Lewis I consider a friend and a great and, and, a, and a, a guy who you hear him speak and you're just adult. like Ray Lewis has a checkered past doesn't he not going to stop him from any of the accolades that, that he's received as a football player. We could go back, look at the Hall of Famers. White, black, mixed race, doesn't matter. Like The, the, the privilege in this, company, in this country, for the most part, is based upon your level of talent. And socioeconomic, I think that's fair, right? Rich people, the, the sense is they do get an extra benefit from being rich and poor people get picked on. But this feels like making a point about T.O. in the Hall of Fame... That has nothing to do with Brett Favre. What's
2: up, right, More on the Brett
1: Favre thing to come live from the Tyrac.com studios. Um, plus, can Tom Brady win if he's not all in? We might find out next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.
0: What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here.
1: And I'm Austin Hankwitz.
0: We're the hosts of Mind the Business, small business success stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks.